your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Vegas Golden Knights podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making both the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Vegas Golden Knights your first listener today. For everyone on the Vegas Golden Knights feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12, the show account at LO underscore. FLA Panthers and thankful and really, really thankful to be bringing in the host of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, Tony Cardasco. And Tony, how are you doing, man? Doing uh, very well. Uh, thanks for having me, Armando. And uh, we're real interested to find out more about this Florida Panthers team here in Vegas because we don't get uh, to play the Panthers often. And then uh, that big uh, there's two big games coming up. Uh, in South Florida. And I'm just, I'll ask you in a couple of minutes about the difficulties of teams coming in there and trying to sweep both of those teams, Tampa, and of course your Florida Panthers. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's been a little bit since the last time these uh, two teams definitely have uh, faced the season series between the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights lead the, the, excuse me, not season series, all time series. It, they lead it four, one and one. Uh, against the Panthers and it's been a little bit since these two uh, teams uh, last faced off against each other back in the 2020 season of course they had the COVID year with Vegas being in the West Division the Florida Panthers being in the Central Division now we're back to normal the Vegas Golden Knights are and the Florida Panthers these are two teams who are just in real prime position to really compete for the Stanley Cup but first I want to ask you spend this first segment asking you about uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and what what's going on uh, with with them this season. Obviously, the trade for uh, Mark Andre Fleury was a big one to clear some cap space. Didn't really get too much. The Chicago didn't give up too much to uh, obtain Mark Andre Fleury, and now he's kind of rumored right now to be traded to Edmonton somewhere near uh, the trade deadline. But I want to ask you more about uh, Robin Leonard. Um, now he's getting more of a workload. Uh, during his time with the Vegas Golden Knights, the most ever that he has uh, since he's been since before when he was with the New York Islanders. So first off, what are you thinking of Panda and how he's uh, and his, and how he's taking on the role of the starting goaltender for Vegas right now? It's so crazy because uh, Pete DeBoer was just talking the other day. One of the local reporters here in Las Vegas asked DeBoer about the goaltending in the first half of the season because we reached the midway point a couple of games back. And, uh, you know, it's like I was definitely not sold on Leonard as the day-to-day. He just doesn't seem durable enough. I don't know. Like he's got, you know, some off-the-ice issues that, of course, are well-documented. And, uh, you know, you just don't know about his framework and everything else. I mean, He worked out with UFC fighters over the summer, should be a lot stronger, bigger, but yet he doesn't push anyone out of the crease or anything like that. His goals against average is perhaps uh, close to the highest he's had, you know, in his career. 
Um, he's just he's let in a lot of soft goals this year, a ton of soft goals. And uh, as soon as Pete DeBoer was asked about goaltending, he said in the second half of the season, you know what? We're going to have to really tighten things up. Uh, the goaltending, they said he said it was pretty good early in the season, but then he stopped and didn't like really blast the goaltending when he could have. And then he comes back and says, you know, just need to tighten it up. Need the coaching staff to tighten it up. Everyone's got to tighten it up across the board. Lo and behold, Robin Leonard comes out, plays his best game of the season, and he gets against uh, the Washington Capitals the first shutout of the season for himself and for the Golden Knights. And in doing so, he had a stop that 99 mile per hour Alex Ovechkin uh, slapper, that slap shot that put a dent in his face mask in that game. So he was beaten up a little bit, and then they sat him down uh, the next night, and then uh, the Golden Knights lost in OT to Carolina, and then it was Laurent Brissois in goal, and he and it was his first game back since December the 28th, and so he looked, you know, a little green in there at times. And but Robin Leonard, you know, it's, he's just had a roller coaster ride of a season. He's, you know, you have to give him uh, some benefit of the doubt because he's played with. A lot of guys in front of him, just different pairings at times. Uh, players have been out. That's been the story of the season. Uh, injuries and COVID for this Vegas Golden Knights team. And I have no idea how every night they're showing up. And there's unlikely heroes like every single evening. Uh, Nolan Patrick was the hero in the game, even though they fell to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes a couple of nights ago. Uh, it's just been incredible that someone steps up. Brett Howden stepped up. Like every night, there's a new hero for this Vegas Golden Knights team. They're playing within the framework of Pete DeBoer's system, and they're doing really well, which is a shocker to me. Yeah, and you talk about uh, unsung heroes and all that, and it's been very much needed for the Vegas Golden Knights, who in the beginning of the season and kind of right now, one thing that Vegas has been struggling with has been health all year. Um, Mark Stone at, at one point was out. Max Pacioretty at one point was out. Jack Eichel, who the, the Vegas Golden Knights traded for just a few months ago, still hasn't played yet. But still, the Vegas Golden Knights still find themselves at the top of the Pacific Division. And this must be a very encouraging sign for anyone who follows the Vegas Golden Knights. So I want to ask you, uh, Tony, wh what... What kind of how how exciting is this Vegas fan base for when Jack Eichel suits up? And of course, um, right now, uh, Max Pacioretty is on injured reserve for the Golden Knights. So I assume he's not playing tomorrow, neither, nor is Jack Eichel. But how exciting is it that the th that they could possibly have the best top line in the NHL? Yeah, and the crazy thing is Chandler Stevenson, who is the frontline center, has played without the services of Stone and Pacioretty throughout the entire season, just about, about 80-some-odd percent of it at least. And he's having an MVP-type season, you know, for this team. It's just been incredible, his contributions. Now, you look at Mark Stone, he's missed, like, uh, I think, close to a couple of dozen games this year. Uh, Max Pacioretty, I think, has played in just 16 games. And when he was in, he was so effective. And then uh, Alec Martinez uh, played in just 11 games this season before he was slashed with uh, an accidental skate in his face. And he had 50 stitches, and it looks pretty gnarly still. But you have Eichel on the road 
He's on the road with the team. It's team bonding time for the Golden Knights. Um, Max Pacioretty is here. Well, there, rather. He'll be in Florida. And uh, also Alec Martinez. And we can see Martinez and or Pacioretty returning either in the Florida or the Tampa Bay game. So that could be real interesting if those guys get back. Uh, but back to Jack Eichel, the fan base, you know, at the time, like Vegas, uh, I don't know, like in South Florida, if you followed early in the season, but the Golden Knights started off at one and four, and then they were just inconsistent, and then all the injuries and everything else, and it was doom and gloom for this fan base who expects a Final Four now, you know, very spoiled here in Vegas uh, every season. They're thinking that they're going to go to the Stanley Cup Final or the Final Four at the very least in the NHL. But uh, when they brought in Eichel, it gave this entire uh, community, team, the players, the players, like a huge boost. Even though he's yet to play, uh, they're so psyched up to have him in the lineup. And uh, he's going to be still, Pete DeBoer said recently, a month to two months away uh, before he can actually play. But he's been on the ice. They took off, I think, the non-contact jersey the other day. And That's so he's, uh, he's getting – and he's skating well. By all observations, he's skating very well. All the video I've seen, and he says there's no effects of the neck injury. Wow, it's going to be something else once he arrives and plays for this team because I think he's going to put this team on a different level. He'll help him out on the power play. I don't know what line they put him on. That's the question I get asked the most. Uh, it's a superstar lineup if you have Pacioretty, Stone, and then Eichel on that top line. That's like a dream lineup. But Chandler Stevenson is just – he's centering the guys, a different guy. He had William Carrier on his line the other night. And, you know, he's just like every night he's got different players that are on that line. So he's done an incredible job for VGK. Mm-hmm. And – even if Chandler Stevenson is downgraded to line number two, that's still just a great situation for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I was looking at that trade for Chandler Stevenson. It was a fifth round pick that they gave up for him. With for a fourth Washington. liner. He was what a fourth a, liner at the time. What a steal for, for Vegas. And he's now the leading point getter. And former Florida Panther Jonathan Marcheseau, uh is the leading goal scorer for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. But it's going to be a little tough for the Vegas Golden Knights to create a little uh, cap space for uh, Jack Eichel. That might mean that former Florida Panther uh, Riley Smith, who has been rumored as the guy to be sent out for Vegas to make room for him. But you know what? Uh, Vegas has made made so many different ways of just fitting players under their cap, and I I, I don't I don't believe. I, I believe that they'll find a way to do it again. They've well, always found it. <laughs> well, sometimes they don't. You go back to that Colorado game last year, President's Trophy on the line, and BGK suited up just 15 players due to the cap. So I don't know what they're going to do, but they do have to clear some cap space, as we know. And Riley Smith, yeah, he's been rumored to be on the block because his contract expires at the end of the season. And then Evgeny Dodonov is another guy who's making, I think, five or Other six quarter. million. And, uh, you know, there's a guy that's making a lot of money, too, that they're going to have to start clearing some some space and getting rid of some bodies because uh, the only salvation has been the long-term injured reserve list for guys, you know, like Pacioretty when he's been on there. Eichel, of course, you know, is preserved through that a stone. But now when they're all healthy and they're all coming back, well, it's going to be real interesting. Um, Shea Theodore's name was mentioned earlier this season, but now 
He's in, he's playing really well. He's in a zone, and I don't know how you could get someone uh, get rid of someone like a Shea Theodore at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Shea Theodore uh, has more term on his contract than Evgeny Dadanov. Evgeny Dadanov has two more years. So, um, as far as the as far as the term, Shea Theodore might make more sense. But uh, the the play of Shea Theodore um, versus Evgeny Dadanov, the play of Evgeny Dadanov might make more sense to uh, get rid of him um, and trade him to create that space. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where Tony Cardasco is going to ask me questions. Uh, based on the Florida Panthers. But first, we want to tell you all about Bet Online. And Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And we're back here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast and the Lockdown Vegas Golden Knights podcast. And we're going to flip the switch where Tony Cardasco is going to get the floor and ask me uh, the questions based on the Florida Panthers coming into so- this game. Yeah, we kind of teased it at the start, but I did want to know about this tough trip in Southern Florida and why it's so difficult for teams to sweep Florida and Tampa Bay. It's crazy because just a few years ago, the West Coast, the California teams of San Jose, Anaheim, well, and um, Los Angeles were really, that was the tough trip. But now it's transitioned all the way east and you have two the the back to back Stanley Cup champions in the Tampa Bay Lightning and you have a team that was that all they always had its core there with Barkov, Huberto and Ekblad but the but the questions always remain was the complementary pieces around them and also the way contracts were structured around the their those players as well that didn't that in the past just a few years ago with their former GM in Dale Talon that they struggled with moving players and key and clearing some cap space in order to bring better complementary pieces for the Panthers. And we examples are Keith Yandel's contract, but, but congrats, by the way, congratulations to Keith Yandel on breaking the Ironman streak for 965 consecutive games uh, played. And there's also Mike Matheson, a, a former draft pick of the Florida Panthers. They gave him a, a, a long-term deal, though it was it's under $5 million that w- he was making. But still, that was a big hindrance to the Florida Panthers at the time when he was on the team. But Bill Zito, just two years on the job, he made it clear that if – well, he didn't necessarily say out loud, but the, the way he structures his contract is very clear. If your name is not Barkoff, Huberto, or Ekblad, you're not getting a seven- or eight-year uh, deal for, for this team. So what Bill Zito has done, he has made term as three or four years for the majority of the ro- of the role players on this team. And that is something that's going to help Florida, not just this year, but in years to come. As if they if there's some expiring contracts, they're going to be able to reload around the core. Next year is going to be a little tough. 
one thing that I've mentioned a lot on the show is next year is going to be a little tough because they do have the buyout of Keith Yandel that the majority of the money is going to go is going to go in year two of that buyout, which is next year. It's going to be a little tough because that's Barkov's first year of his extension. However, if if Bill Zito were to extend Jonathan Huberdeau, his contract wouldn't kick in until the year after. So that's one positive thing about it. And Aaron Eckblad's contract doesn't expire until 2025. So he has some term and his contract is great value, 7.5 for a Norris caliber defenseman signed in 2016. At that time, it was it, it, it was a really it, it was one of the top uh contracts in the nhl and now now we're starting to see as inflation hits and how his play has developed too after that signing that really that was such a continued to be a big bargain deal that dale talon made at the time uh when he did sign ekblad and of course though it we we i still acknowledge that the contract of sergey Bobrovsky is not the best with a cap hit of 10 million dollars a year the first two seasons were were not the the best for Sergei Bobrovsky, but the way he's been able to bounce back, and he's not Vesna Trophy winning Bobrovsky, but he's been a lot better and a top ten goalie in 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 this in this league. And really, the the play of Sergei Bobrovsky has been the difference in the in the in the season for the Florida Panthers, especially with their backup Spencer Knight, still a very promising prospect, is not having the best year uh, in year two of his, well, technically his rookie season, but second NHL season. But Sergey Bobrovsky has definitely um, picked up this team when needed. We're doing the Lockdown crossover. I'm Tony Cardasco of at Lockdown VGK, along with the host of Lockdown Florida Panthers, Armando Velez. Armando, I wanted to ask you, I guess, is the biggest surprise the second line for the Florida Panthers this season, the way that Jonathan Huberdeau has really stepped up his game? Of course, you have Sam Bennett on that second line, and Anthony Duclair has had a surprising season as well. Yeah, Anthony Duclair's story is really awesome because he he actually negotiated his own contract um, when signing with uh, the Florida Panthers and betting on himself, not having to pay those agent fees. And his speed has just been just extremely valuable for uh, this Florida Panthers team. And Sam Bennett, what Bill Zito gave up to for Sam, uh, a, a, a prospect in the, in the Florida Panthers uh, system and a, sec- a future second, which is going to be Th- this upcoming uh year in in 2022 and and in 43 games played for the F- Florida Panthers Sam Bennett has 41 points and he struggled in Calgary um and was playing mostly bottom 6 minutes the fact that you brought Sam Bennett into a better situation it is just what something that Sam Bennett needed that was a fresh start for him that was and and surrounded by better talent as well and that that's just been very beneficial for uh for Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberdeau let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Huberdeau's season one of the top point getters in all of the NHL I know uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are just ahead of him and they have more games in hand the Edmonton Oilers with the 
with the most of the Canadian teams getting their games postponed. But the fact that he's averaging more than a point per game, top five in points as well. He's added penalty killing to his arsenal. Now he's on the second unit. Usually when you first see the penalty kill for the Panthers, you're seeing Alexander Barkov and Anton Lindell as the first players on the ice for for the Panthers and Anton Lindell, I can I can go on and on about how his defensive game is just great. And Jonathan Huberdeau's continued to be on on the the PK as well. He's added that. So when we talk about Hart Trophy candidates, we're talking about players who can play both sides of the ice, a two hundred foot game as well. And and the fact that Jonathan Huberdeau has added that to his his uh his game more is definitely more of a case that of why John Huberto definitely is should be in consideration for the heart. I, I still think that right now Alexander Ovechkin is number one in in as the favorite in the heart trophy conversation, but John Huberto has to be somewhere like at least a close second, especially if the Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs. Uh, it, it definitely would help uh, Jonathan Huberto's case to be the MVP um, in, in the NHL. Are the Panthers pretty healthy coming into the game on Thursday night? I saw Gustav Forsling was on the COVID-19 list. Is he going to be returning? We don't know yet because it's been over a week now since uh, since he uh, was placed on the COVID list. And he, uh, he was uh, placed on the COVID list right before their game against the Calgary Flames. And um, the rules in Alberta were you can exit quarantine after five days. I discovered that af- after um, – and it's scary when when the team had to cross borders and then you hear about that diagnosis and you have to research some of the of the restrictions of over there that is that are not over here so after that five-day period i was like okay the earliest that gus forsling could return to the lineup would be that game against winnipeg he didn't return against winnipeg so no, no, um, no word on Gus Forsling as of right now. There's still maybe a possibility. The Florida Panthers do have a 10 a.m. morning skate on on Thursday morning to, and then we'll know if Gus Forsling is back on the ice. But um, the Florida Panthers did have an off day on Wednesday after returning from their West Coast trip. Their final game of that trip was in Winnipeg, and they had the day off yesterday. Yesterday, so no, uh, no word on Gus Forsling yet, but. Um, if it's not if it's not today, I'm hoping that he does uh, return on Saturday when the Florida Panthers do take on the San Jose Sharks. Should we go to a break and then uh, give our uh, our predictions for the game after this? Yeah, let's go. Let's go to our uh, let's go to a break. Um, so I, I'm Armando Velez and to, and he's Tony Cardasco and and we will be we'll be doing predictions and talk about futures for these two teams in the next segment here on locked on Panthers and locked on Vegas golden Knights. And we're back here on locked on Panthers and locked on Vegas golden Knights. And Tony, um, we going into this game health, uh, is on the Florida Panthers side. I must say versus Vegas and I haven't I haven't seen the Vegas Golden Knights' uh road record, but the Florida Panthers 21-3-0 at home. They've been nearly unbeatable um at home. They're they're only three losses. I'm gonna tell you their three losses. Uh Seattle at home, um four to one, uh an eight to two loss against the Ottawa Senators, 
uh, the, one of the rare games that they laid laid an egg, and that that was before. And and for context, that was a game before the Florida Panthers had a whole bunch of players on the COVID list, where where they were one of the first teams to be shut down. And then their third loss was against the LA Kings, where then at that time most of their team was uh was on on the COVID list. And me personally, I think that that is a game that should have have been played. The one against Ottawa, there was just that that was just a that was just a that was the worst loss of the season for for the Cats. But three loss, only three losses at home. A lot of comebacks, including one against Washington. Two straight, uh, two straight, uh, three goal comebacks. Um, and this team is third in the NHL in in uh, comebacks. But their their home dominance, it's just been a beauty uh, for the Florida Panthers. Their power play is um, twenty around twenty three percent at home, uh, and it's just been a beauty for this Florida Panthers team. And I think in this round of the season series between the Florida Panthers, I think they're going to take this one at home against Vegas because they're on home ice and health is on their side. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing too, it's just maybe the Golden Knights will be a little road weary even. So, you know, they played the back to back uh, in Washington, DC and they beat the Caps. The Caps looked really slow, by the way, in that game. And then I don't know how they came back. Again, it's some magic uh, with the, especially the Nolan Patrick between the legs goal in that contest. And they forced the OT and they got a point. I thought that they would have just two points total on this road trip. They have three already. So they just they always really amaze us and they surprise us like each and every time that they're on the ice. And you talked about the Panthers and their home uh, record this season, the Vegas Golden Knights are a better road team than they are at home. Surprisingly, um, they've not played very well at home. The last home stand because the Canadian trip was canceled, they were three, three, and two. And you know, fans were starting to get a little antsy here because they're accustomed to seeing them win. And they might have the the worst by the end of the season. They probably will have the worst home record that they've had in this short uh, franchise's history. But, uh, you know, they going into the Carolina game, they had won seven straight on the road and they swept the big road series. Not big, but I mean, as far as travel, uh, when they played Boston, New Jersey, uh, the Rangers and the Islanders, they swept that series and that road swing earlier this season. And then they were home for over a month because of COVID and the shutdown and games canceled and what have you. And I think, you know, it was good for them to get back on the road. And to kind of they are doing the team bonding thing, so to speak. Uh, and I think it's kind of good for them just to kind of build some chemistry and some camaraderie, which might have been lacking a little bit when they were at home for all those games. But in any event, yeah, uh, so they have not lost now uh, really in regulation in the last eight road games. So that's going to be a pretty good contrast in styles and everything else. And it's going to be make for a real interesting dynamic in the game. But I still think Florida prevails. I just think I don't know how VGK, if they get if they could squeak out a point or steal a game out of the next two, I think they're in business, you know, heading back home and they'll only have Buffalo before the break. Yeah, and I'm looking at their uh, road record right now. Twenty five, excuse me, twelve, five and one for the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Imp- impressive road record. And 
uh, a plus uh, 20 uh, goal differential for the Vegas Golden Knights on, on the season. Last 10 games, four, three, and three uh, for Vegas. And even before, um, I remember that Vegas was one of the few teams that whenever it came to COVID luck, um, before the whole league shut down, they were one of the last teams playing um, right before the whole league shut down. So COVID yeah. has actually, from what I remember, is that COVID was that for the Vegas Golden Knights that they they were I w- I don't want to say lucky because I, I I feel that I feel that would be an injustice to say it. But as far as COVID luck, um, Vegas has been. Um, has been very lucky that not not a lot of their games have been canceled due to their players being sick. Mostly the 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 when it comes to COVID, it mostly has been because of the attendance restrictions in Canada as well. So that has yeah, been that it's hasn't, been you it know been on the, the Canadian side. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know for VGK uh, Armando, the one thing about you know any COVID scare, uh, they had some COVID cases, yes, but they didn't all happen at once, and you know so they mm-hmm. were fortunate in that regard. So they have had players in and out of the lineup, and then they lucked out uh, when Alex uh, Petrangelo uh, was in COVID protocols, and they changed uh, the time that you had to be in quarantine from 10 days down to five. So he got a couple of extra games in that he normally would not have earlier in the season. But uh, they've definitely had a little bit of luck with not having the whole team have a massive breakout all at once. Yeah, and looking at the Vegas Golden Knights on their February schedule looks like that they don't have too many games to make up. And just like the Florida no. Panthers, they only have four. They only have four yeah. games to make up. It's so, four games. And then they added the San Jose game. They switched the date for that game. So it's basically five for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, the most difficult part for them will be the back-to-back in Canada, Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, it's just a back-to-back like a few days after the All-Star break. Hey, uh, do you think fans are excited about the All-Star game being here in Las Vegas? Maybe not the game itself, but... Yeah, the, the game, I don't like is... the game anymore. I don't like the three-on-three format anymore. I call yeah, me a traditionalist, but, but... But I think I think the fact that it's Vegas, the bright lights, big city uh, feel um, to it, I think that's uh, that's a pretty cool uh, thing about it. The The only... The only bad situation is the fact that we're still in the middle of a pandemic too. That's the, so the players can't really do as much as they want to while being in Vegas with, with the, with the pandemic going on. And that, and I feel for the players who want to go out and have fun and be rewarded for their success on on the ice and, and just go, go around. But of course there's, there's a risk involved in that too. So it, it just sucks that the year that it's in Vegas is that, it, that this pandemic is still going on and that the, the they're only limited to what they can do. Yeah, they're not going to be able to do a lot. Uh, they're not going to have interactions with the fans and all of those things that you expect to see uh, for All-Star Weekends. But it should be good, and I really do think that, uh, that Florida has the upper hand heading into the game on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because there's very one – similarity that the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers do have from what I have written down uh, here is that one thing that both these teams have in common is that they are really great at even strength. But one thing that is still need to be like a little bit of a work in progress is the power play. And 
Florida is on a little bit of a run recently since coming out of the COVID pause on the power play. Before, they were kind of struggling a little bit. Um, now Florida ranks 13th in the NHL at 20.9%. Penalty kills 15th. But the Vegas Golden Knights, they're middle of the pack in 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 power. They were play awful. Yeah, they were. Yeah, Armando, they were awful at the start of the season. So they've come a long way, and I think it's now five five power play goals in the last five games. You know, for the Golden Knights, so uh, they are making some improvement there. Once they get Eichel and Max Pacioretty, oh my goodness, on the power play, it's going to be scary good. Should be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so both. I, I'm 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 curious to see what these two teams are uh, going to look like five on five, especially because that's how you win in this league. Um, because historically, um, with penalties in this era of of the NHL, there's less penalties called now and less power play opportunities. So you really got to be better at five on five. And uh, and the fact that Vegas has these numbers on the power play while still leading the division. When they get uh, Pacioretty and Jack Eichel back, I'm excited to see what this uh, Vegas Golden Knights team is going to look like. And this Vegas Golden Knights team is going to look very, very different the the next time the Florida Panthers and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights face off on March 17th in Vegas, another Thursday night game. So Florida Panther fans and Vegas Golden Knights um, fans are going to see one team on Thursday. But they're gonna. It's gonna be a complete makeover um, next time these two face. Should be fun, and I'm excited for it. But Tony, it was great having you on the show and doing this crossover uh, edition of Locked On Panthers and, of course, Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Tell my followers where they can find you on the internet and your show. Okay, so it's uh, at Vegas uh, at uh, (laughs) at uh, Locked On VGK. And uh, I am at Tony Dasco. I almost forgot my name, but uh, thanks for having me, Armando. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun and should be a really good game. Probably tight checking sort of game, especially early on in the contest. So, and if Vegas has to go and skate outside, they're not going to win the game. If Florida, I, I suspect, will try to you know try to lock down the uh, the middle of the ice and also the neutral ice area. I think that that's what they're going to try to do, and they're going to try to pound them a little too. Should be mm. fun. It, it, I'm in. I'm in. I'm definitely anticipating it for it. But and for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, listeners, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. Follow the show account at lo underscore fla panthers. And though these two teams uh, only face twice a year, we're many fans, not just. Tony and I are expecting both of these teams to to just have a great two games against one another, but definitely two teams who are expected to um, to go on long playoff runs. So great. I'm, I'm also grateful to be uh, to cover a contending team just like you. And hey, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we'll meet again uh, l- way later. So look, looking forward to it, if that's the case. Likewise, it should be fun. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Armando.